Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. We are at episode 124. Really, time flies. We've been doing this now for a couple years, and it has been such a delight. Thanks so much for hanging with me and being here again to listen in. Today, I'm going to talk about book recommendations. I'm going to look over the books that I read last year and then recommend. I've got eight books that I want to recommend to you that I think are very helpful in 2021 with everything that could be coming down the pipeline. So let's let's go to the Lord and then we'll chat. Father, we just thank you for this time. I pray that these books would be helpful to to each one of these listeners, and I, I ask that they would be incredibly timely. I know some of the guys have already read these, I'm sure, but uh, God, for those who are looking for some books to read this year and trying to figure out you know, what's going on around us, Lord, I pray you'd, you'd help us to be men of our time that knows what's going on and that are prepared to lead people and to serve people in seasons like this. And help us not whine and cry about it. Everybody else has difficult jobs. This has been a difficult year, but we've not got our heads chopped off yet. We're not in prison, so help us to lead well and help us to have joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, the pastor's reading life is very interesting to me. A couple months back, I asked my listeners how many books they read a year and got different answers. From what I can tell, most pastors read between anywhere from 15 to 100 books a year. And I set a goal for myself in 2021 to read 52 books. Normally, I'm in the 40s range, somewhere in there. And I've been logging my books since 2011, so I know every book that I've read since 2011. And a quick side note here, I think that's a very helpful thing to do. If you'll start logging your books, you'll be able to look back, you know, put a little rating on it or something like that, get your own way to do it. But if you'll log some of your books, I think that'll be really helpful. And if you start today... 10 years from now, you'll have 10 years of books. This will be my 10th year of logging my books. And so I'm able to go back and look and it's pretty neat to be able to, to look back and see what I've read and if what I enjoyed about it, what I didn't enjoy about that particular book. And so this last year, I set a goal of 52 books and I hit my goal. And I want to encourage you this year, it's still January, go ahead and set a goal and then hit that goal. This year, I'm going to employ listening to audiobooks as well. Last year, I, I didn't do that. This year, I'm going to listen to audiobooks as well and see where that gets me. Uh, but I've got a couple substantial works I'm working through, so it may be a little bit slower of a reading year to me. So I'm hoping that those audiobooks will kind of supplement that, and I'll keep my number up there. And I'm not really concerned about all that concerned about the number of books. I just want to be able to retain it, and I want to read good books. And then I want to read a couple bad books along the way, and uh, I want to keep up with what our people are reading. So I usually read some popular-level books as well but mainly some scholarly works and works that most of our people wouldn't necessarily enjoy. Uh, we've got a really high-capacity high membership, so I, don't, I, I really don't know about that. They may enjoy more than I realize, but, but I do want to read a couple of those pop-level pop books as well that a lot of Christians are reading, so I'm at least you know aware of what's going on. But what I want to do today is give you seven book recommendations from my reading list last year that I think is going to be helpful for you going into 2021. And these books are just simply, they're timely. They're, they're the need of the hour, and pastors need to be reading some good stuff to be able to encourage their people to read, but also just to be equipped and prepared for everything that's going on around them. Okay, so let's uh, let's go through this list. I'm going to start with Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Chirella. You've heard me talk about this before, and I've actually had, I've had Matt on the show this last year. I think it was, I don't know, the first quarter of the year last year, when everything was going on with with the pandemic at the very beginning of the lockdown and all that kind of stuff. 
you might want to go back and listen to that. I know that Eric Kahn just did an episode with him not too long ago that was really helpful as well. But this book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, highlights an ancient doctrine, really tracing the doctrine back before John Knox, all the way back to uh, a group of 13 Lutheran pastors who were standing their ground and put together a confession called the Matterberg Confession, which is a really good confession as well. It's also printed by by Matthew Truella and his team. You can find that at their website, defytyrants.com. Very helpful confession. It had never been translated to English before, but what, what Truella did was put together concise doctrine of the lesser magistrates, and he lays this out in the book, and it's unbelievably helpful helping us know the difference between un- unlimited obedience to the government, according to Romans 13, and regulated obedience to the government based on obeying God and not man. When the government commands that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands, we have to obey God rather than man. And the lesser magistrates have the obligation before God and the people who have elected them to disobey orders from higher magistrates that violate God's word. And in doing so, they often avoid bloody revolution or bloody war by doing what God has commanded them to do. So the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, check that out. Number two, Masculine Christianity by Zach Garris. I cannot really overstate how good this book is. As Recovering the Roles of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood were a landmark work for complementarians in the 80s, this work is a landmark work for just historic Christian gender and sexuality. This book just says what the text says and doesn't apologize for it and brings it to its logical conclusions based on the exegesis. I, I, I'm so thankful for Zach. I actually just had an interview with him that came out last week. Hopefully you were able to listen to that. And he's a lawyer, went to Reform Theological Seminary, and the guy's mind just works so well. And he put together this book because he was trying to get a book and recommend a book to his buddies and couldn't find a good one to recommend on manhood. And so he's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to write it. And this book ended up being one with unbelievable footnotes, unbelievable scholarship. He has a grasp of the languages as well. And so his exegesis is on point. Tell you what, that book... You can't go wrong with masculine Christianity. I just encouraged our entire church to get this book, by the way. In fact, I, I encouraged all of our people to read this book. So I kind of want to go back on what I had said before. Uh, for our church, I encourage them to read every one of these books, except for Kuyper's Lectures on Calvinism, which I'm going to get to here in a minute. But Masculine Christianity, get it, it's a self-published book, but the book is so good, and it's worth every single penny. Get that book, read it, it's unbelievably helpful. Number three, Lectures on Calvinism by, by Abraham Kuyper. Abraham Kuyper did a great job in those lectures. He was a he's in the Dutch Reformed tradition, and he was their prime minister or president, whatever that is, in the Netherlands. And he was a Calvinistic pastor as well. Kuyper did such a phenomenal job in that book in connecting the dots with Calvinistic theology and biblical worldview, looking around us and seeing the work of God and how the law of God and in the rule of Christ are pressed into absolutely everything that we see. Uh, the political realm, education realm, everything we see belongs to God. And you know, there's a famous line by John Piper that we know that there's not one square, that, that he quotes of Kuyper, and there's not one square inch of the universe that Christ does not say mine. You know, and he's got that little growl and he says it in. That book is really helpful. And I tell you what, it, it'll shatter any notion that you have that Christianity has no nothing to say for politics or we don't know how to engage in what's going on around us. Oh, absolutely not. Calvinists believe that God is sovereign over everything. And in the same way that we're not passive with evangelism in light of God's sovereignty, we're not passive with anything in light of God's sovereignty. He calls us to engage in the world. It's obedience to do so. So, Lectures in Calvinism by Abraham Kuyper. It's a, it's a book that all pastors should read, really. I'm bummed that it took me this long to read it. I wish I would have read it 10 years ago. It's, a, it's one of those that you can't unread. And so, Lectures in Calvinism by Abraham Kuyper. 
Number four, The Price of Panic by Axe Briggs and Richards. You might, might have seen this being recommended by Doug Wilson or, or Toby Sumter or others. This book really highlights what happened last year in light of, in light of a real virus. The government really destroyed everything. And this book highlights the issues, not with the not with the virus, but with the government respo- response. It wasn't the virus that shut everything down. It wasn't the virus that destroyed your business or your people's business. It wasn't that virus. It was the government that did it, both local, state, and federal. It was the government strained out the gnat and swallowed the camel. So The Price of Panic, it's a very good book. Um, number five, Who is King in America by William Federer. This was a really interesting book. It really uh, went back in American history, and I loved reading more in American history this year, but it, lo- it looked at the genius that was America taking the power of the king and pushing it out into the hands of the people, the genius of three branches of government, and the reality that we, the people of the United States of America, have governing responsibilities in this country. And that means we have civic responsibilities before God and man, according to Romans 13, to govern well. And so if we don't know what our civic obligations are, and if we don't know that the king in America is law and the people, then we're not going to rule well and we're actually going to end up sinning against God. So who is a king in America? I think you can find that. Just Google it and you can find it. It's on Amazon, but if you're sticking it to Amazon like I am, find the seller and buy it buy it directly from them. Who is king in America by William Federer. Number six, Man of the House by C.R. Wiley. Productive property and understanding a household, it's so key and crucial right now. And pastors, I just want to encourage you to get some sort of side hustle. Get some productive property. Get out of debt first and get yourself set up financially. We don't know what's coming down the line, but we're going to have to be creative as pastors because if the 501c3 nonprofit status is taken away, if they come down on things like housing allowances and stuff like that, which is a very real possibility, then a lot of our financial future is really in limbo and how we are going to get paid and remunerated for the work that we're doing, how that's going to be done legally, how that's going to be done just at all. And so we need multiple sources of revenue. I just want to encourage you to find those, find those ways to make money and get some property or get something that's going to get you some passive income or something that you can do with your hands that's going to provide some income, some tent making work. I mean, get something beyond just... what your church is giving you, which even if they're giving you, and our church is doing a great job getting a retirement this year, they're really helping our family out and doing all that they can for us. But I've got this couple side hustles. I've got the Shepherd's Crook, and then I've also got this deal that I'm doing with a water mill, uh, which is being a t- technician on these water mills, and I'm making some extra money doing that as well. So get something, and Man of the House is a really good book to encourage you with that by Sierra Wiley. Number seven, Rules for Reformers by Douglas Wilson. If you've not read this, it's like lectures in Calvinism in the sense that you can't unread this book. Uh, this this book takes uh, a cultural analysis that, I think it was Saul Solinsky, and, and it flips Saul Solinsky's work, gives us marching orders and how to be reformers in this world. And this book gives principles, biblical principles, in how to be on the offense, not just being on the defense, but it gives us direction and it really helps us, I think, to be more Christ-like. You may come out the other end of this book and want to just fight and not know how. And so you're going to need some biblical wisdom on how to apply this book. But this book, Rules for Reformers, is a very much needed work today in 2021. When we've had the assault of the left and the assault of the theological left coming our way using manipulation and all these different tactics, we need to be, we need to be cunning according to Christ's words. We need to know how to engage in battle and spiritual warfare. And this book will help you do that. Now, all of these books that I listed, I think, are incredibly timely. Are going to be really helpful for you, and some of them are going to be really helpful for your people as well. You're going to have to select these books and, and recommend them based on where your people are at. You know your people in the pew and what they can and can't handle. 
And you know that some people in your church can handle some of these and others can't, and they're just in a different place. So just know what your people can handle. But I think every one of these books you can handle and will be incredibly helpful for you as you're navigating everything that's going on around you in 2021. I hope this has been helpful. And friends, I hope you have a great week.